0: welcome to everyone who is worshiping with us, whether you are in person here or online. We are glad that you have joined us because this is the day that the Lord has made. We are celebrating our coming into the holiday season and We have a variety of ways by which that we are doing that, but one key important thing is coming up in a couple weeks, and that is our Advent celebration. We've had a hard time doing this in the pandemic years, but we are uh, doing it this year. We'll be gathering uh, a little bit before four on Sunday, December 4th. And then we will be having some uh, joyful music with one another. The choir will be doing some things with us. We're hoping to have a, a little group of kids doing some things with us. We'll be singing our hearts out uh, once again in person with one another, some of the carols. And then we'll light up the crash. The Moraviks have been instrumental in that for decades with us. We are thankful for their service with that. Um, We'll be doing that again this year, lighting it up right around what we think will be twilight, somewhere around 4.45 to 5 o'clock in there. We'll do that, and that will be a nice uh, occasion again. And then some food. So if those other two things aren't good enough, Food! We'll have food in Alton Hall, and for the little guys, we'll have some crafts, so we're going to have a lot of fun. It will be December 4th at 4 p.m., so get that on your calendar and bring uh, family, bring neighbors and friends. It will be a good experience. Today at 3, we're collecting for manna, as we do each month, and upcoming, uh, though I think we're trying to focus more in November for this, are adopt-a-family programs at many mansions and at Harbor House. And, and both of those are for Christmas, but the activity of gathering the things happens most in November. So, you need to be thinking ahead on that, and the admissions committee and um, our announcements from church can give you the, the updates on that. Again, if you have not yet been able to participate in our stewardship campaign, please do so. We need your support. Everyone's support is, is needed for us to uh, stabilize our budget and move into our new life following this pandemic. So please, if this is your church home, whether you're online or in person, we uh, look forward and we need your financial support. All right. are we ready to uh dig into worship let's center ourselves and let the music the prayers and the words transport and heal our souls Come Praise, glory, and honor. Be unto
1: God. Let all the earth and all its creatures acknowledge the ground of their being and worship the service, the source of all life. Praise
2: God.
0: He takes you into the prayer. I just want to give you a, a quick tip that might be helpful. What is an Ebenezer that you're raising? Can anybody remember that? I forget. I forget until the hymn comes up, and then I'm thinking, what is that? And I look it up again, and I remind myself. It's, it's a little monument thing that you would make to honor the place in which something happened. Who knew? But that is your Ebenezer. So when you're raising your Ebenezer, it means that you, like the guys at the beach, have made a little stone thing that, that comes up a little bit, and you know that that's where you had the vision of God, or that's where peace was attained between the different warring tribes. So that's a special place, because you've raised your Ebenezer. Anyway, it, it may come in handy when you say play religious trivial pursuit <laughs> sometime in the future. All right, sorry for the diversion from our worship experience. Um, it's part Nancy. of our experience. Thank you.
1: Let us participate in the call to worship. Praise the name of the Lord. Lift up your hearts in praise. Yes.
3: Praise. praise the Lord. Oh.
1: To the invocation, instead of the call to worship, since we already did that. Yeah, he. It's all his fault. Okay. Invocation. The Lord be with you. And
2: also with you.
1: Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for the wonders of creation and the miracle of our lives. Your spirit nourishes our hunger and quenches
2: our thirst. Through, Through you we discover the pathway of goodness, <laughs> and life abundant. Amen. Be with us in this time of worship. Help us Amen. to be further along in our journey of faithfulness. Amen. 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 <laughs>
4: To be back with you again today, it was great seeing you all in person last week, and I don't know. I just am so happy when I'm with you guys, and I'm glad that I get to visit you through the video and at least get to be in church with you guys every week, even if we can't give each other hugs. So this week, our lesson for Sunday school is on Daniel in the Lion's Den, and. I know you'll go a lot deeper into it, into Sunday school, but basically Daniel worked for a king, Darius, who wasn't a very nice king. And he said that people could only bow down and pray to him or worship him. And Daniel refused because God, our God, was his one true God. And the Bible tells us you should only have one God before you. And so he wouldn't do it. And King Darius got very mad and he threw him into a lion's den. And oh my, he spent the night there. The lion didn't hurt one hair on his head. In fact, some of the pictures that I've been seeing as I was looking at Sunday school stuff was him sleeping with the lion cuddled up next to him, just like a cat would in your house. So God protected Daniel in a very scary situation. It got me thinking, what things make you scared? I know you may be answering me aloud and I can't hear you right now, but I can only imagine in my heart how scary that must be. But guys, know that God is with you always and he's sent you people that can protect you and be with you always. Like Pastor Walt, or myself, or your Sunday school teachers, all of your friends at church, and of course your parents. So when you get a little worried or afraid, use the resources that God has given you and come to one of us or spend time with God and just say a prayer and say, God, this scares me, please take this out of my life. So God will be with you in all that you do. Right now, let us pray, and then you will get to go back to Sunday school to learn more about Daniel and the magnificent, that's a big word, the great things that happened with Daniel in the lion's den. Let us pray. Mighty and transforming God, our hearts are full because we know that you are with us always. Thank you for sending us parents and pastors, and teachers, and friends that can be with us when we're scared and not sure what to do. So today, God, just be with us. Let us feel your presence. Let us know that we are loved. And we ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's children say, amen. All right, guys, go back to the back and meet with your teachers and head on out to Sunday school. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you.
0: God, we pray that your Spirit will be with us in our time of prayer, that you would hear the yearnings of our minds, the the stirrings of our spirits, the hopes of our hearts. Hear us, Lord God, as we pray for one another, the circumstances of our community, our families, and our world for all those who are struggling with disease or discomfort, troubled relationships, physical or mental health issues. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We think of Kathy Drake, her husband, Ken, Bill Nodoff, and wife, Sandy, Brother Gita, Sally DeLong, Sarah Pierce as they all deal with the effects of their cancer upon themselves and upon their families and loved ones. We pray that you would strengthen them all as they move through these challenges. O Lord, hear our prayers. For Dave Crawford as he recovers from surgery. For Jim Giuliano for his post-surgery infection. We pray healing. O Lord, hear our prayers. For Lynn Dawkins' brother-in-law, Tom, who has been hospitalized with uh, a great deal of pain, we pray your comfort and strength. O Lord, hear our prayers. For all those who are grieving the death of Denise Blickenstaff, who gathered in person or virtually yesterday to celebrate her life, for Lynn Dawkins' son, Jeff's extended family, who are mourning the death of his mother-in-law, Wendy, we pray your comfort. O Lord, hear our prayers. For all those who are suffering from the winter's flu or from covid as our hospitals start to feel the impact of these diseases uh, we pray for them lord god we pray for our medical personnel as they help us to to manage uh, these health challenges uh, throughout uh, our community oh lord hear our prayers And we pray for those who around the world are suffering oppression and violence, who are having to deal with uh, famine and with drought, for people who feel abandoned and uncared for, for those who seek to have a better way of life and try to journey and make their way to a, a better sunrise. We pray for all of your children, Lord God, And we pray that as brothers and sisters of them, we would respond with caring and compassion and do what we can to be helpful. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we think about moments of joy that we have experienced personally or together as a family of faith or community. We're thinking about the peaceful election process that we have gone through this last week we are thinking about the gratitude we have for all of our veterans <clears throat> as we have recognized them we give you thanks for the decisions that they have made to serve their country and the sacrifices that they have borne in that process. We celebrate their presence among us today as we celebrate their service. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And we spend a moment in our own personal private thoughts over people and situations. come into these lives and affect these circumstances, Lord God, with your love and with your grace. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray for our church community here as we continue in our ministries uh, through these challenging times, and we ask your help, Lord God, we ask your help in maintaining our effectiveness and increasing our vitality. May the good we do be pleasing in your sight. All this we pray in your son's holy name, joining in his prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses
1: Gospel of Matthew and the Epistle of the Ephesians. Here first, Matthew 7, 24 through 29. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on a rock. And ever, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was its fall Now when Jesus had finished saying these things the crowd were astounded as his teachings for he taught them as one having authority and not as one of the scribes here from Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 18 through 22. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. Through him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word for God's people.
0: Thanks be to God. Join with me in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our rock and redeemer, amen. Amen. It was kind of cool to have rain this week, wasn't it? I know when it was starting the rain, there were news reports and there were all sorts of uh, warnings that went out. Look out, floods, floods, look out, it's going to flood. And, you know, that's that uh, did, didn't happen. I don't think it happened. We didn't have that much rain. But there was possibility of flooding because we have lived through that, haven't we? And it got me to remember back how when after the Thomas fire and then the Woolsey fire, uh, when flooding did occur, Nearby to us, as a result of the rains, uh, you may recall, with all the debris washed onto the 101 in the Santa Barbara area, you weren't able to go up and down the coast on on the 101 for, I, I think, a good number of weeks. You weren't able to do that. I remember during that time, uh, Jeff Bridges being on the news and speaking about uh, how he and his wife heard this locomotive sound happening. And all of a sudden, it dawned on him that this mud debris was crashing through his house, and and they were able to, to get away from it and, and up a flight of stairs or something like that so that the debris that went through his house didn't get he and his wife. I walked around our neighborhood. I don't know if you did this, but I walked around ours because we were... We were, we're kind of on a rise, but there's a hillier area above us. We were, were four houses from uh, where fire had destroyed homes and, and the hillside. And so we also were in threat of flood, I thought. And so I'm walking around in the rain, and I'm trying to imagine. I, I drive up this way and that way, trying to imagine where's the flood going to come and where's, how's the debris? Is it going to get us or not? And I, I tried to figure out, and I, I, I talked myself into saying that it was all going to go this way and down the barranca, and that we would be fine and Debbie not to worry. Everything was going to be just fine. Um, luckily, we didn't have the worries they had up in Santa Barbara. But it got me to be thinking, the rain again today, as rare as it was this week, where you build your house and how you build your house is important. These concerns are really uh, not new. Sometimes the concerns are taken into the account and people are wise. They They are prudent about where they build and how they build. Other times, uh, concerns are are just dismissed because they're, well, they're just statistical possibilities. Like, if if you drive the 101 from here over towards Ventura, you pass the collection and you pass a, a whole bunch of new condos that are being built in the river basin. In the river basin, which won't flood. Four hundred years so it's a it's a good bet unless that hundred year flood is next year and and that's not a very good bet at all, so sometimes caution is just is just dismissed right and and other times uh, it 's ignored because we know better we we just know how to do things like when Mulholland built the San Francis St. Francis Dam on the Santa Clara River for a a water reserve which too much, not much later after he was completed, it failed and it drowned the whole town of what was Bardsdale. That whole river basin, not hundreds, but tens of people lost their lives Indeed home builders and occupants have had these thoughts well for millennium so much so that Jesus uses the imagery of this concern illustratively in our scripture as a way to teach the importance well not just of home building but the importance of faithfulness as a way to build a solid life that can handle the changes and the pressures of storms that happen in one's life. Jesus encourages us to take faith seriously and to get our faith right, just like we would our construction. I like the way the Message Bible translates these verses. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build a life on. There's no shortcuts. This way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. False preachers manipulate you for their benefit don't fall for their charisma there's no secret password like saying master master what's required is serious obedience doing what my father wills jesus underscores the importance of faith as the central characteristic Of our lives. Faith is what stabilizes, what supports, what strengthens our lives. It is the foundation of our being. As theologian Paul Tillich used to write, or did write, God is the ground of our being. So, our faith in God is wrapped up in our basic sense of our life, of our existence, of our being, of our living like the air that goes in and out and the blood that pulses through our veins. Now, I guess you could live without acknowledging God. It seems that some people do. But we're advised, you know, you're on shaky ground. When you do that, it's it's uncertain and it's shifting ground. So be careful. Think about the chances you may be taking. Our Ephesian passage underscores the centrality of Christ Jesus to our having this solid foundation for our successfulness in being orientated to life. When we invite Christ Jesus to be the center of our being, then the the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit helps us, strengthens us, leads us, assists us with with an inner strength that sustains through the challenges of life. So again, I'm going to read the Message Bible because it just adds a little modern kind of nuance to uh, the passage Nancy read. Centered on God, you'll be able to take in the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Isn't that a nice way to say? Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length. Plumb its depths, rise to its heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. Hmm. God's love, as experienced through faith in Christ Jesus, is unbounded, unrestrained. expansive inclusive it goes the distance over all barriers that would would limit its reach it's welcoming it's healing it's renewing and it is transforming God is love, and Christ Jesus helps us access that love through faith. So, build your house upon the rock, fully made in all its dimensions. Build your life upon the revelation of God that is Christ Jesus, fully given expression in all its qualities. With the Spirit's assistance, let love lead. Full to overflowing with grace, with mercy, with truth in all aspects of your life. This is what I hear these passages saying to us. And so may this be true for all of us. I encourage you to lean into it, to adopt it, to, to let it enrich your life, to strengthen your life. Your attitude towards your illness will have a great deal to do with how well you manage your illness. If you're able to be a person that is grounded in God, you may be able to look at what's happening to your body in the most positive of ways that you possibly can. It still may be a debilitating illness. It still might be a cancer. It might be a a, a disease that um, is going to limit your vitality or limit your mobility. But how you manage that, how you frame that, how you decide to live into that and live through that will be your choice. How much that storm is going to beat upon you and break you apart or how much you're going to be able to withstand the beating. Of that storm upon you has a lot to do with your faith, has a lot to do with how well you've built your house, how well you've constructed your faith, how mature it is. Now, there are people that um, are a part of our lives who have gone through um, difficult, difficult situations in their life. And they would share with you that they've been able to manage that with grace and with love and still be a person that other people like, (laughs) still be a person that they like themselves because of their faith. a solid foundation to deal with all the stuff that comes at us in real human life. I had a parishioner once who uh, I thought was a pretty interesting guy. He had a, a, a lovely daughter, had a, a marriage and, and some kids, and, and then that, uh, that husband of the daughter uh, left the daughter. And he was mad. He was mad at that guy for not living up to his vows. He was mad for what was happening to his daughter, Uh, the dreams, the circumstances being uh, broken apart, the anxiety, the uncertain being created. He He was angry for himself. that he opened his heart to this guy that he well he he was full of anger as you would think well the situation warranted anger for sure we talked a lot about that because his his anger as appropriate as it seemed to the circumstance was such a heavy weight to carry so that his life started to be um, bothered and, and affected and ruined too. He actually, because of that righteous anger for his daughter's sake, he actually was having his life be affected and made worse. He was allowing the poor behavior of somebody else to affect him and control his life. So we talked a lot about what uh, justice and forgiveness and, and topics like that. And he, and he got to a place to realize that all of his emotions wasn't going to change the circumstance for his wife, yet he had it within him, the resources and the power to help change the future of his daughter and the future of those grandkids and the future of himself if he found a way to put aside that baggage he was carrying. His faith through prayer, through scripture reading, his faith started to assert itself as to how he could approach this. Not blessing the wrong that the guy had done, but trying to find ways to bless the future for himself, his daughter, and his grandkids. His faith got him to lay down that burden. Make redemptive love Be foundational to your life. It is the core, your entire center point. Let it be simply you. Allow it to be the whole of who you are. Redemptive. Now, this takes some intentionality, and it takes some work, and it takes, you know, developing your spirituality over time. It does do that. But the the benefit of that is that your house does not crash down around you when the storm comes, whatever that storm may be. When life gives you reversals of your fortune, stay faithful. When the road seems to be long and exhausting, will we ever get out of this pandemic? Stay faithful. When you face illness or death, stay faithful. When you're alone and you feel abandoned or scorned, stay faithful. And when you experience tremendous success, don't have it go to your head, don't undermine your foundation. Stay faithful. Standing on the firm foundation of faith, work with God to reframe your experiences so that they are redemptive, life-giving, life-affirming. This you can do when you walk into your future hand-in-hand with the Master Builder, Amen. Phineas back there going like, now, now, do you you want me to do this now? We've got a new computer back there and we're making some improvements to how things happen. And, and it's a learning curve also for us. Um, So if it does look like we're not as good as we used to be, we're going to be better than we were, um, in, in a matter of a week or five. So, um. We're very excited. We're very excited about what we're doing, but we also are just regular folk like you and and me. We are back there, and and we're getting it together. But yeah, we're, we're gonna have a mission moment now, and Kathy Loeb is gonna say some stuff to us, but we're gonna start with a video.
5: Hi, Chloe. What are you
3: working on? I have my list of people I want to buy Christmas gifts for, and I'm having a hard time deciding what to buy. Okay,
5: well, name someone on your list. Grandma. Maybe earrings? Grandpa. Maybe golf balls? Again, we just got those for their birthdays. Maybe you need to think outside the box, Chloe. Look what came in the mail today. The shopping list for this year's Christmas gift market at church. And the theme this year is love comes home for Christmas. What is that supposed to mean? Christmas time is the perfect time to experience God's love and spread that love to others. Here's a whole list of gifts we could give to those in need around the world while honoring our family and friends. A perfect way to send love and help families thrive. I like that idea, but what kind of gifts? Well, how about antibiotics for the Westminster free clinic? That would help a family healthy. That would be a
3: great idea for grandpa.
5: Good, and how about a sheep or grandma? What's grandma gonna do with the sheep? Well, not everyone can go to the mall and buy their clothes. In some parts of the world, a sheep would provide wool for making clothes and blankets, and it also provides milk. The sheep is also an income source for the family. Perfect, now what about Aunt Cap? Well, we could make a donation that will provide a month of literacy classes for a woman in Africa. She'll like that. Here's a fun donation for toys for a refugee child.
3: That's a great idea for Oriana. She's my best friend, and I love just like that.
5: And what about books for children?
3: Mrs. Barajas, my teacher.
5: Yep, better than another puppy bud. Who is on your gift list, Mom? Well, I drew Aunt Arlette's name this year. I know she wants plants for her garden at, at their new home.
3: How about adding a donation for a garden starter kit for a family in Southeast Asia? Aunt Arlette can work in her garden while helping a family grow their own food.
5: Great idea, Chloe. Now you're getting the idea. You're, you're thinking outside the box. You know what, Mom? I just might buy some extra gifts
3: put and put the inserts in birthday cards throughout the year.
5: How's that for thinking outside the box? That's great. We can stop at the Christmas gift market table on the Patio After Church service every Sunday, starting today. And don't forget the Super Cell Boutique on the Patio After Church on December 11th. We could get bags of cookies, cute ornaments, and gift bag, gift tags, and all the proceeds go to the church world services.
6: Sounds wonderful. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you, Mary and Chloe, for kicking off this year's Christmas gift market. Love Comes Home at Christmas. Our gift market gives the congregation the opportunity to help families thrive, whether in our community or around the world. You simply choose a gift to help a family by providing medicine, clean water, healthy food, education, and sources of income. These gifts are listed on the order form. You will receive a card and an insert explaining the gift, You then give the gift to the family member or friend that you are honoring. It's a win-win. We'll be on the patio every Sunday from now until December 18th. We also will be at the soup and pie luncheon next Sunday. Uh, We just saw on the screen how you may uh, give. You can either give online under um, missions and then be sure to send your um, order form in so that we know how to apply the money or you can just buy your gifts on the patio. If you buy online and you want to pick up your cards, you can pick them up on Sunday, or you can pick them up at our drive-through on December 11th. And speaking of December 11th, be sure to mark your calendars for our Patio Super Sale Boutique featuring uh, Church World services and gifts that we have for them. There'll be cookies, ornaments, and gift tags, and more. Our church has always been so generous at donating to the Christmas gift market, and we hope to make 2022 a huge success. Thank you.
1: You are invited to yeah. share of your financial resources via the instructions that will appear momentarily on the screen to help you support the ministries of the church that happened through our congregation. Your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good we do, So give generously and be part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village. these gifts and those who give them that our ministries in your son's spirit might thrive hoping your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven amen
0: We hope this service has been a blessing to you. Be wise and ground your life upon the firm foundation of connecting to God through Christ Jesus, that your life might be led by love and pursue that which is just and right. It is the best resource for life abundant that you can have. Let me remind you about mana this afternoon at 3 and uh, the need to get your pledge cards in. Also, this next Saturday morning is the men's retreat here at the church. I think it's starting at 9. If you haven't signed up for it, please do contact uh, John Shehorn or, um, I don't know, maybe Tom Hopkins. um, And let them know that that you're coming uh, and can be a part of it. You're feeding us, right, Tom? Yeah, yeah, all right. So there's food involved. Sounds good to me. Um, food and good fellowship, 9 o'clock in Alton Hall uh, next Saturday. And, at, and on Sunday, um, I guess we do a lot of eating around here. What's going on on Sunday? There's this pie and soup and pie thing on Sunday, right? And that's right after worship. Am I right in remembering that? Right after worship next Sunday? You don't have to sign up for it. You just have to show up for it. So uh, plan to come a little bit hungry and to uh, be a part of the good fellowship uh, on Sunday as well. Let's join together in our responsive benediction. Go in peace to serve God and your neighbor in all that you do. We are sent in Christ's name. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.